Hello everyone, welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Once I reviewed each of his works in the chronological order of publication, but Ka is a wheel, it all goes round again, and here I am once more, back at the beginning on a new phase of the journey to examine each of the endings of the works of Stephen King, to determine whether or not Stephen King deserves his reputation for having an inability to successfully land his endings. The focus of this podcast is going to be to examine the climax, the falling action, the resolution of each of the endings of his novels, and break it down by character, themes, conflict, and plot to determine whether or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I'm also going to weigh in on whether or not I like the ending. And today's episode, we get to examine the ending of Stephen King's collaboration with Peter Straub, The Talisman. Okay, but before I get to the ending of The Talisman, what I would like to do is to uh, discuss some news that hit last night. Um, that Mike Flanagan is stepping back into the director's chair of a Stephen King adaptation. So um, we might remember that uh, Flanagan successfully adapted Gerald's Game, which I would like to revisit. I know that I was kind of harsh speaking of endings on the ending of Gerald's Game. Now that I'm talking about endings so much, kind of want to go back and knowing Mike Flanagan's sensibilities a little bit more now than I did back then re-examine the, the ending of, of Gerald's Game, um, which is an incredible adaptation for a novel that was for so long considered unfilmable. And this past fall, he gave us the gift of Dr. Sleep. Um, now, I've spoken at length about Dr. Sleep, uh, the, the novel Dr. Sleep, and I believe a two-part review of Dr. Sleep, the, the movie. So I'm a big fan uh, I own it on Blu-ray. It was the, the last Blu-ray that I, I purchased, um, and I haven't really been buying too many Blu-rays, but um, when, when a movie is special I'm sitting there in a the theater, I'll think to myself, man, I cannot wait to get it on Blu-ray and watch this scene again, and that was uh, that's how I felt about Dr. Sleep. So of all of the working directors and writers and creators out there, uh, Mike Flanagan has proven that he has just a, a, a deep understanding of the, the heart of Stephen King and the human interactions that, that drive um, the, the, the works of Stephen King. Um, so he is going to be turning his attention not to Duma Key. I got to admit, I was excited that he's doing another adaptation, but I was disappointed that it wasn't Duma Key. Um, and in case anyone has been wondering, because I've, I've, I've been pushing this on social media a lot. I'm not being facetious. I'm not joking, and it's not. I'm not being snarky. I do believe that Duma Key would be right up his alley, um, and there is a lot of heart and human interaction to be wrung out from from that particular story. And Mike Flanagan would be best suited for for that, um, to to really bring this this gothic, um, Floridian tale, of loss and second chances. Um, and love and mystery uh, to, to, to widescreens and art to, uh, to the widescreen everywhere. Um, but rather than uh, Duma Key, we are getting another newer Stephen King work, um, one that I uh, covered back when it came out in 2014, I believe. And that is Revival. Um, Revival is a book that I um, admire greatly. It's not one that I'm necessarily looking forward to revisiting again because that sucker is bleak. Um, it is a very pessimistic and cynical examination of life and the relationship with death. Last week I just covered Pet Cemetery, the ending of Pet Cemetery. I think that Pet Cemetery and Revival are incredible companion pieces with one another. Pet Cemetery is a young man's examination of death, and Revival is an older man's examination of death and just how much more comfortable isn't the right word, but 
um, the the horror has changed of death. There's a familiarity there um, in the pages of Revival because Stephen King is more uh, familiar with the concept and how this concept has affected his life in, in all areas. Um, and he's closer to... Well, it's a horrible thing to say. He's closer to it than he was when he was um, writing Pet Cemetery. Um, so Flanagan's going to kill it, I'm sure. Uh, I... I I always thought that a more cynical and surrealist uh, director would be a better fit um, for it. However, the the bleakness and the pessimism and the darkness can't be as dark or pessimistic or bleak if we don't have uh, the opposites, if we don't have the light, if we don't have the hope, if we don't have the humanistic qualities there. So the spoiler alert for Revival seriously revival doesn't work unless you care about charlie jacobs and you you need to really feel the death that that he um that he experiences of his wife and child and how this horror of what has occurred to him um, leads him on a path of becoming a mad scientist trying to unlock the door to death um, and to find out what lies beyond um, so I, I think that Flanagan is definitely going to nail the, the human component, um, and in doing so, it's going to allow the, the darker elements of the story to really shine, um, or, or let the shadows stretch. So I'm excited about that. That's a good one. Um, also, other news, If It Bleeds is out. It's Stephen King's latest novella collection. I'm halfway through it. I was kind of hoping to be done with it so that this episode could be the If uh, If It Bleeds review. Um, I'm actually trying to go through this particular episode kind of quickly because I want to get back to reading If It Bleeds, but next week's episode for sure will be the review of If It Bleeds. Uh, guys, I'm, like I said, I'm halfway through the titular uh, story. Um, I've read the first two. I'm halfway through it. If it bleeds, then I'm going to follow up with with Rat. Um, this collection is great. I, I really am enjoying it. You know that I was I was kind of down on the last publication, the Institute, for my thoughts on the Institute. Head on over to that review. I, I didn't really like it that much, but um, I I really am loving If It Bleeds, and I'll get more into it um, next week as to why it's it's such a balm right now and then uh word came out that um the children of the corn production is still underway um and that was also news to a lot of people that there is a children of the corn production currently in progress um so despite the coronavirus it's still being filmed in australia um and if it's set in australia that'd be pretty cool um i just don't know and and this is a seriously dumb question on my part and i know that i have australian listeners out there so can anyone from australia just let me know whether or not there is corn in i'm sorry i'm sorry i I feel like such an idiot for asking that question um but is there corn would this be feasible in an australian setting um so if that's the case and there is corn that's cool I think that uh, an Australian setting could be fun, uh, could be a lot of fun. It's definitely different. There have been so many Children of the Corn movies and a couple of remakes, I believe. So uh, a location, a new location would um, kind of spice things up. My only issue with that is, and, and I don't really have high expectations for a Children of the Corn movie, and it's not something that I'm typically really looking forward to. I just think it's kind of neat, and I'll check it out when it comes out. 
But what gives me pause is the director, a man by the name of Kurt Wimmer. Um, you might not know who that is, but he uh, directed the movie Ultraviolet, um, like what, back in 2006, maybe? Um, which is just like a nothing movie. Uh, there's really... I, 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 it's like nothing. It's a nothing movie. Uh, and then he wrote a bunch of movies that uh, you didn't want, uh, like the Total Recall uh, remake, the Point Break remake. So th that doesn't really fill me with much of anything. Um, so it is what it is. So that's that's the news in the world of Stephen King. So I have been kind of blathering for almost 10 minutes now. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get to the Talisman uh, ending. And we'll talk about that. But before I do that, I want to read the Wikipedia summary so I have a context uh, in which we can discuss the conclusion to uh, the talisman. Jack Sawyer, 12 years old, sets out from Arcadia Beach, New Hampshire, in a bid to save his mother, who is dying from cancer, by finding a crystal called the talisman. Jack's journey takes him simultaneously through the American heartland and the territories, a strange fantasy land which is set in a universe parallel to that of Jack's United States. Individuals in the territories have twinners, or parallel individuals in our world. Twinners birth, deaths, and it's intimated other major life events are usually paralleled. Twinners can also flip or migrate to the other world, but only share the body of their alternate universe's analog. When flipped, the twinner, or the actual person, will automatically start speaking and thinking the language of where they are flipping into subconsciously. In rare instances, such as Jack's, a person may die in one world but not the other, making their survivor single-natured with the ability to switch back and forth body and mind between the two worlds. Jack is taught how to flip by a mysterious figure known as Speedy Parker, who is the twinner of a gunsling... Did I talk about this in uh, in my review of uh, the Talisman? This is definitely a Wikipedia um, entry. This is not. No, this isn't. This isn't necessarily true. Uh, by a mysterious figure known as Speedy Parker, who is the twinner of a gunslinger named Parkus in the territories. In the territories, the beloved queen Laura De Lo uh, De Loessian, uh, the twinner of Jack's mother, a movie actress known as Queen of the Bees is dying as well. Various people help or hinder Jack in his quest. One particular importance of particular importance are the werewolves, known simply as wolves, who inhabit the territories. These are not the savage killers of tradition. They serve as royal herdsmen or bodyguards, and can sometimes under stress voluntarily change to wolf form, in addition to facing an involuntary transformation that lasts about three days at the time of the full moon. A 16-year-old wolf simply named Wolf pulled into America by Jack Sawyer and adopts Jack as his pack, serving as his companion. Wolf is extremely likable, kind, loyal, and friendly, much like a dog, though his wolf nature shows through on occasion. On the other hand, some wolves have joined the malevolent faction which is trying to stop Jack. As the story goes back and forth between the territories and the familiar United States, or American territories as Jack comes to call them, Jack escapes from one life-threatening situation after another. Accompanied by Wolf and later his childhood friend Richard, Jack must retrieve the talisman before it falls into the hands of the evil schemer Morgan Sloat, Richard's father, who we later learn was Jack's father's business partner before arranging to have the latter murdered. He wants to seize their businesses, their business from Jack's mother, Morgan Sloat's twinner, Morgan of Oris, also plans to seize the territories in the event of Queen Laura's death. And that is the end of the Wikipedia summary, which is weird. 
It's a weird way to end the Wikipedia summary. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about the um, the ending of the the talisman. So we have to talk about the criteria for a good ending. Um, so does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters that are consistent with the characters' actions, conflicts, or themes of the book? And I would say just very uh, simply, yes. Um, Jack goes on a journey. It's a coming of age tale for Jack. Um, he sets out. Um, on his own to save his mother. He does so. Um, the characters are rich. Um, the good guys are good. The bad guys are bad. Um, and, you know, we are, are, are gifted, cursed, and damned with uh, Wolf, who we fall in love with. And spoiler alert, um, our, our hearts are broken uh, because of, of what King and Straub do to that particular character. It feels like a... Um, a Disney movie by way of King and Straub, and the characters function as such. Um, Jack is a fully realized character who feels very much in line with uh, um, Jake Chambers um, and other Stephen King children protagonists like Mark Petrie. They are um, they are idealistic. They are adventurous. They are brave. Brave. Um, but what I like so much about Jack is his wrathful side. Um, so when at the end he, and he is in possession of the talisman, anyone that has wronged him pays for it. That's fully in line with his character. And I, I, I just, I really like that touch because it shows kind of a, a darker edge to our, our hero. Um, and usually in fiction, our, our, um, Children protagonists or heroes are are golden um, and rise above such things. But I like that this is an honest, um, fully realized incarnation of, of this character. So I would say yes, this does provide an appropriate conclusion to the characters that are consistent with the characters' actions and conflicts or themes of the book. Um, Jack has rage in him. And when he is on the, the train and he is... Um, uh, firing back at the the, the wolves um, during that sequence, it, he very much feels like Roland um, in in the Gunslinger, and he is not a helpless victim in that moment. He is he is a warrior, and again, like I said, it um, that's what we get at the end as well. So yeah, no, this what we see of Jack in the end is the the realization of of his uh, of his character. Does it, does it successfully wrap up the plot? Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? Yes, I would definitely say yes. The threats are neutralized. Jack's mother is healed. Jack has successfully made his way across the country, across two worlds. And as the unifying commonality between the two, he is able to save his mother. He's able to save the queen of the territories while avenging his companion, slaying the villains in a truly harrowing, fantastical sequence. Again, I, I've said this before, but how this movie isn't a childhood favorite of a generation whose 25th anniversary just came out on Blu-ray is beyond me. This, if this came out um, in the late 80s, uh, they, I mean, it would have been beloved or early 90s. Um, it would be it would be hitting a, a nostalgic renaissance right now. We'd probably be getting a 
um, well, I mean, it exists, the Black House, but we'd be getting, uh, you know, one of, one of the legacy sequels. We'd be getting maybe a remake. Uh, we'd be getting a, um, TV adaptation. There would have been spinoffs. Like, I, I think there was a whole potential universe, um, in, in which this came out and, like I said, is beloved and is, is loved in the same ways that Labyrinth and the NeverEnding Story, um, are are loved um, the way that the Goonies is loved the, 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 these 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 stories of childhood adventure um, except with 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 this it's it's there's a grit to it and um, I, I just think that it would have worked well within the the the, 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 the Amblin world that was given to us in the the eighties early nineties and it's just it's it's really a shame that that never happened and it still hasn't happened the it's beyond me how the talisman um, and Black House, by by extension, hasn't been adapted. But again, that's not exactly what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the plot. But yes, the the, the plot is successfully wrapped up. Um, it, it's not just wrapped up, but it escalates. Um, and and by the end, when he is at the um, the Agin Court Hotel. And there are monsters in the sea, and he is fighting um, haunted suits of armor like it's a Castlevania game. And he gets his hands on the talisman, and you know he, he's powering two worlds. And it, it's it, it's it's a series of escalation of, of moments of of just pure exhilaration and escalation that do build upon one another. So from everything from from um the the scene in oatley um to meeting wolf um to being abducted um at sunlight gardener's home for wayward children the escape the death um then uh meeting up with richard and the siege at the the academy um and ultimately making his way um through the, the the train in the blasted lands to uh, the the west coast, it's it it, it it it's exactly what it should be. Every every set piece, if you want to call it that, is distinct from one another, and it uh, it continually tops um, the each previous scene. And we learn a little bit more about Jack and how resilient he is. So the the plot is is completely intertwined with the character where the, he continues to learn about himself as he is simultaneously, um, you know, given friends, but stripped of friends. Uh, he, he realizes that, you know, he is, is all that he needs, um, in order to, to get this, uh, this job done and, and save the world, save the worlds and save the queen, save his mother. Um, you know, and the fact that it's, uh, you know, a 12 year old boy doing it, that's that's incredible stuff. He's an incredible hero, and he is not de- he is not removed from the plot. He is definitely a part of the plot, and that's when a plot is successful when the character and the themes and and every and the conflict are, are interwoven um, so closely that it's just not a, a series of stuff happening to the character. Um, it is it's interwoven throughout him as a character. Um, so yes, the, the 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 plot is successfully wrapped up. Does the conclusion serve the themes, symbolisms, and motifs? Yes. As a coming-of-age tale, the young hero has achieved his quest. The mentor figure was swapped out for his companion, so rather than Speedy dying, it was Wolf. Um, but but still, uh, our young hero entered the extraordinary world, answered the call to adventure, and saved the day. Yes, it does. 
What is the most famous scene in the novel, and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? Um, this is not necessary for a successful ending, but it certainly um, helps. Um, I would say it's the Sunlight Gardener Home for Wayward Children breakout scene, or... Um, or the Oatly scene earlier than that. Uh, neither scene takes place in the end, um, but the, the but these scenes definitely stand out. I mean, and, and the, the ending is still uh, phenomenal. Um, so, um, I, like, like I said, it doesn't, doesn't work against it, but if it does, if the most famous scene does um, factor into the conclusion, then yes, um, it, it's kind of a, a point for the, the ending, um, but I would not take a point away if it doesn't happen to, to um, exist. So are there other factors that we need to consider? Um, yeah, as endings go, this one just pops. Um, you know, while not every ending needs to be exciting, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how thrilling it is as soon as Jack reaches the Black Hotel. So like I said, the monsters in the ocean, the suits of armor coming alive, um, Jack's wrath spreading across both worlds, seeking vengeance on those who wronged them. It's, uh, it's an epic emotional and thrilling conclusion to the quest um, and well worth the journey. So yes, um, I think that we need to consider that. So two questions. Do I like the ending? Yes, I like the ending. And based on everything that you know I just talked about, I would say um, it yes, it is a good ending. Um, and I, I can't imagine anyone saying otherwise. So I would say that brings us to me liking 11 out of 11 endings. Um, and 10 out of the 11 endings that we've discussed so far have been good, um, with Christine being the outlier. I just can't um, in good faith say that Christine um, happens is, is a good ending to uh, what had come before. So that's all that I have for um, the talisman. If you have any thoughts on the talisman, um, just just let me know um, and, and email me at stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. Before I get to my recommendations of the week, I want to travel back uh, one week in the past um, to, to my discussion of Pet Cemetery ending. I, I, I put that out on, on uh, Facebook as a question to discuss the, the conclusion of, um, of Pet Cemetery to, to see what you guys think. Um, so here, here's just some, um, some feedback from, from everybody. Bob writes, uh, the ending of the novel is one of King's strongest. I think Pet Cemetery is very much King's statement on the raw, visceral grief and queasy anguish, and the ending felt particularly determined. It's one of his most unpleasant stories, but it's also one of his best. Jen Ferratu um, writes, it's one of his best. It fits the tone of the novel and reinforces the theme that trying to deny the fact of death and recreate what was lost only leads to more sorrow. And that is from the horror virgin. Jen, I hope that you're doing well. Longtime listener. Um, thank you for all the support throughout the years. Um, and congratulations on, uh, on working with uh, Consequence of Sound and the Losers Club over there. Um, Sandra writes, uh, yeah, I think it was. He, he leaves it up to the audience. The movie effed it up by taking it one step further. Um, Matt writes, love it, bleak, bleak ending, but uh, brings the entire narrative home in a really human way. Even after everything that happened, Lewis Creed still can't let go and come to terms with what he's lost. Kevin writes, I think the ending of Pet Cemetery is one of his strongest. It's both clear as day, but also leaves everything to the reader's imagination. I wouldn't change a thing. 
Annie writes, the ending of his book is neither good nor bad, in my opinion. He believed that if he buried his wife quicker than his child and the cat, he would achieve a better outcome. When his wife returns while he's still playing cards, the reader has to decide if he made the correct decision. I don't think he did. Um, Christian loved it. The final two words were chilling. One of his strongest endings ever. Um, Aaron writes, so good, so good. Leaves you with a ball of lead in your gut. One of his best. Kelly writes, it's spectacular. The best ending is the one you don't see coming but is still the only one that makes sense. Um, Leandro writes, amazing, it couldn't be better. Terry writes, the new Pet Cemetery, uh, talking about the movie, is dumb, did not make any sense, especially at the end. Um, Sandra replies, uh, might as well be different, a different family. Hated, 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 John Lithgow is Judd. Um, and Terry says, I don't think anyone can out-top Stephen King as a, and his original is best. Um, so th there's definitely um, a lot of... A lot of people out there thinking that it was uh, an incredibly solid ending. So I think that the consensus across the board that King's conclusion to Pet Cemetery is um, is a strong ending. Um, I had a couple replies for my talisman question out there. Um, so I asked, how about the talisman? Do King and Straub land the ending? Let me know what you think. Uh, Dave writes, I love everything about the talisman. Um, okay, maybe not the death of a certain character. I even named my mini after Jack Sawyer, uh, Traveling Jack, and he sent a picture, which is phenomenal. And then Scott wrote, uh, um, I love the ending. Um, it's such a good read, and the ending seems better now that I reread Black House. And I can't wait to get the Black House because that's a that's an unsung gem by King and Straub. And much like Dr. Sleep, um, I, I feel like it, it got a lot of criticism because it wasn't what had come before. So whenever I get a chance to examine it um, and really shine a light on what it is and celebrate what it is, I, I, I hope that people come along for that ride. Um, so thanks, everybody, um, for sticking around this week. I Like I said, I have um, just uh, some recommendations right now. Um, and the only one that I'll, I'll get to, um, because I've been spending, been trying to spend most of my time uh, reading If It Bleeds, um, is Amazon's new show, Upload, um, which is created by Greg Daniels, most famously of The Office. Now, I, I saw some, some um, that Upload was getting some flack for not being like Black Mirror. However, I, I couldn't disagree more with that. Um, Upload is a comedy. It's classified as a comedy, um, and you'll definitely laugh as you watch it. Uh, I mean, it's not as funny as The Office. It's not designed to be as funny as The Office. But to say that it's not Black Mirror, I, I don't think that that's giving Upload a lot of credit because it's, it's a weighty concept, and I think that it's explored very, very well. So the concept is when you die, you can be uploaded into a simulated heaven which we have seen before in Black Mirror. Um, most famously, um, oh, uh, San Junipero. Almost forgot there for a second. Uh, but what I like about Upload is that despite the fact that it's a comedy, it really explores what a simulated afterlife would look like in a capitalistic society. And it's not a very pleasant concept. Um, you know, there are ads in the afterworld. There are upgrades in the afterworld. You, it's all a tie, uh, tied to a bank account, so classism still exists. Um, there is an afterlife for people who can't really afford uh, a good afterlife, and it's so bleak and so honest. Um, 
it, it's very disturbing that those concepts really disturb me. Um, but it's it's all presented um, very lighthearted. But the, the 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 concept of an afterlife in our world, not far removed, is very honest. And I think that it's what it's what would happen. And the questions that I had while watching San Junipero. Um, that aren't explored in San Junipero. Well, they they're they're, they're questioned. They're they're overtly discussed in this in this series, such as um, you know if there is such an intangible thing as the soul that um, we cannot truly prove exists, and there is the 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 traditional concept of heaven, where the ones that we have loved have passed into. If we upload a consciousness into a simulation and our simulation is existing at the same time where our body has moved on from, where where is the real you? And if you have lost someone that is not in this simulation and you're off somewhere but your experience right now is in this simulated world and you're not you, then... I don't know. It's just that that's a that's a sad concept to me, and that's overtly discussed. Um, so anytime a comedy, you know, wrestles with these weighty weighty concepts about the self and existence, um, and you know, projecting a future that you know speaks to our current society, it, um, it it does a really really good job. And like the first thing that you see is a crowded subway with uh, a bunch of people wearing masks and the claustrophobia there and as we all sit um, in our homes during quarantine it really rang true Um, it's a love story it's a comedy it's a murder mystery it's a commentary on today Um, and it it breezes right along i think there's 10 episodes and you get hooked i mean the, the first episode i was like eh um, but the, the second and third episodes where it started to find its voice, find its footing, um, and, and started really um, building up the mystery and the, the relationships there. And there's twists and turns and um, characters that you, you have feelings about that they constantly flips and flops and what you think you know you might not know and um, the characters might not know what they think they know. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a good hang. So if you find yourself nothing to with nothing to do and nothing to read and nothing to listen to, I would recommend Upload. Go for it. Okay, guys, that's all I got for this week. So next week, at this time, you, you should be sitting down or driving or um, doing dishes to or working out to my review of If It Bleeds. If you have not picked up uh, If It Bleeds, uh, order on Amazon, uh, order it from a mom and pop shop. I don't know if that's a thing that you can do. Order it um, through uh, Kindle, but get your hands on it because as I'll get into next week, it is well worth your time. If It Bleeds by Stephen King. Okay, guys, and then after that, I'll get on to the next book in the chronological order of publication so I can discuss the ending. Um, Okay, guys, that's all I got for this week. Um, And may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I'll see you here next week where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King cast. Whoa!